You're listening to the weekly Parsha podcast recorded with Hashem's great assistance right here in Ramat Beit Shemesh, Israel, 5768-2008. This week's Parsha's Parsha's Amor. We have a number of interesting topics as always in the Parsha. The topic that I'd like to focus on is that the Torah tells us that we have many different festivals throughout the year. And it goes through a number of different festivals. I'd like to teach you a Gemara in Rosh Hashanah that speaks about these festivals. So the verses go through all the different festivals. It starts off with Pesach, with Passover, goes on to Shavuos, continues with Rosh Hashanah and Yom Kippur, and goes on to Sukkot. Now the Gemara in Rosh Hashanah, Daftez Zayin Amad Aleph, page 16a, tells us something very interesting, which you may not have been aware of. In fact, until I learned this Gemara, I never heard of it before. And that is, we know, everybody knows that on Rosh Hashanah, so it's a, it's a day of judgment for the entire world. It's actually a verse in Psalms. It says, Blow the shofar on that day when the moon is covered. What's the day that we know that the moon is covered, says the Gemara? The day the moon is covered on a festival. There's only one day, that's Rosh Hashanah. It's a day of judgment for the God of Israel. So that's how we know that Rosh Hashanah is a day of judgment on that day that we blow the shofar. The Gemara says that's not the only day of judgment in the year. There are actually three other days of judgment. This totals four judgment days. The four are, first we have Pesach. Surprise, Pesach is a day of judgment. We have a judgment, the Gemara says, the Mishnah says, Pesach is the day that there's a judgment for the whole world. What's going to be with the crops of the fields, the wheat, the barley? Ba'atzeres, on Shavuos, you know there's a judgment on Shavuos also, that's the next judgment that's coming up. Shavuos is the day of judgment on Perasa Ilan, on the fruits of the tree. The next one says the Gemara, is Rosh Hashanah. Rosh Hashanah is the day, as we mentioned, where there's a judgment on people, and the beginning of the judgment is on Rosh Hashanah, and the end of the judgment is on Yom Kippur. And the final judgment says the Gemara, is Chag, on Sukkos, Nidonan al the amount of rain that's going to fall on the world during the following year after that Sukkot is determined on Sukkot. That's the day of judgment for the rain. Now simply we need to understand the first things first. Why is it that each of these days was chosen to be for each of these judgments? Why was Pesach chosen to be the day for judgment on the crops of the fields? Why is Shavuos the day that we have a day of judgment on the fruits of the tree? Why is Rosh Hashanah a day of the judgment on man? And why is Sukkot the day of judgment for rain? So simply speaking, if we look at each of these days, there's something that's significant happening in nature around those days that would warrant judgment on each of these things respectively. Pesach, after Pesach is when we begin to do the Ketzirah, the harvesting of the fields. So that's why we have a din, we have a judgment on the coming year's harvest. Following that is Shavuos, and Shavuos is the judgment for the fruits, because that's when the fruits start to be picked. Following that we have Rosh Hashanah, because man was born According to one opinion, he was born on Rosh Hashanah. And therefore, that day of his judgment is on Rosh Hashanah. And then Sukkot, as we know, begins the rainy season after Sukkot. So Sukkot is an appropriate time for us to be judged for the rain. Now the commentaries on this Gemara, they struggle to explain where do we see in the Torah itself that we have some kind of judgment that's happening on each of these days. True, it's appropriate that these times would be an appropriate time for their judgment. But where do we see that? So they all say that the Gemara itself says something very interesting. And that is, that on each of these days there's a mitzvah that Hashem gave us that corresponds to that Chag, that corresponds to that day of judgment, that hints to the fact that indeed there is a judgment on that day. The Gemara there says as follows, 
why is it that on Pesach, there's a mitzvah, there's a special korban that was brought, called the korban ha'omer. They would go down to the fields and they would take the first barley, grind it into flour, bring it up to the base hamigdash, to the temple, and bring it as a korban, as a sacrifice upon the altar. Why was it that they had this special sacrifice? So the Gemara explains that since Pesach was a day of judgment for the produce of the fields, so Hashem said, bring the produce of the fields, and this way you'll have a merit in order to merit a positive judgment for the entire year. The Gemara says, why on Shavuos there's a special korban called Shtei HaLechem? These two loaves of bread are brought. What's the understanding? Why is that so? So the Gemara says, since Shavuos is the day that we're being judged about the fruits of the tree, so the Shtei HaLechem, these two loaves of bread, explain the commentaries, are what allows us to bring the Bikurim, the first fruits, the carbon of the first fruits. So therefore, by bringing the Shtei HaLechem, it gives us that merit that we need in order to have a good din, in order for there to be a good judgment on the fruits. Says the Gemara, why is it that on Sukkos, in the time of the Beis HaMikdash, in the time of the Temple, there was a special mitzvah to, to have special water libations. They would take water and they would pour it on the Mizbeach, on the altar. What's the understanding? Why is it that Hashem gave us this commandment to pour this water on the Mizbeach, to bring a water sacrifice, so to speak? The answer is, the Gemara says, since we're being judged for the water of the year, for the rains of the year, so Hashem said, bring in front of me this water, and this way you'll get a zchus, a merit, and have a good judgment in the water. Says the Gemara, why on Rosh Hashanah do we say Malchios, Zichronos, Vishofros? There are three different sections to the prayer service on Rosh Hashanah. The first section is Malchios, we make Hashem our king. The second section is Zichronos, we ask Hashem to remember us for good. The third section is Shofros, we, have, we, we mention all the different Shofros that were blown. Why do we say these three different sections, says the Gemara? Because Malchios, in order to make Hashem our king, Malchios means kingship, the second section is Zichronus Remembrances, in order that our remembrance should go up in front of Hashem for good. And the shofar, we mention the shofar because that's what brings up our merit in front of Hashem. Here we see that there are specific mitzvos that hint to the fact that there's a judgment on each of these days. And Hashem specifically gave us these mitzvos in order that we have a special merit, and that our merit be good, in order that the judgment should come out positive. The Maharsha, one of the commentators on the Gemara, this is a very interesting pshat about three out of these four judgments. For now, let's take Rosh Hashanah and put it on the side. We're going to talk about the other three judgments. As we mentioned, those three were, first we have Pesach, which is the judgment on the crops of the field, where we bring the barley sacrifice. Then we have on Shavuos, we bring these, these two loaves of bread in order to have a good judgment on the fruits. And then on Sukkot, we said we bring water. Now the Maharsha points out that there are three levels here, and there are three different types of sustenance here that we're talking about. There are three levels. As we know, there's Tzomeach, there's Chai, there's Medamer. The lowest level we have is growth, plant life. The second level we have is Chai, animal life. And the third level that we have is what's described as Medamer, the one who speaks, which is man. Now if we go through, starting with Sukkos, Sukkos is the time that we're judged about the water. Water is the sustenance for plant life. That's the first one. Then we come to Pesach. Pesach is a day of judgment, and we mentioned that the thing that we bring is this korban, this special sacrifice that's brought from barley. Barley is something which is, in a certain sense, it's animal food. It's something that we feed to our animals. So it's the sustenance for the animal. And finally, on Shavuos, the korban that we bring is the korban of the shtei halechem, the two loaves of bread, which represent the sustenance for man. Explains the Maharsha, there's a tremendous significance here. 
Because Pesach, when we went out of Mitzrayim, we see that, the, that there's a reference to the people of Israel as being like animals. We were all we were was a slave nation. We didn't have anything. We didn't have mitzvahs. We didn't have the commandments. We didn't have any connection to Hashem. All we were was this slave nation that was completely connected to Mitzrayim, to this completely heathen nation that they were involved in magic and they were involved in all kinds of idolatrous practices. We didn't have any connection to Hashem yet. Fifty days later, we received the Torah. We became men, we became people in the fullest sense of the word because now we had the Torah, now we had the commandments, now we had the ability to connect to Hashem. And that's represented by the fact that we bring this korban, this shtei halechem, these two loaves of bread which represent the food of man. Now we've reached the level of man. Now we can connect to Hashem. This, of course, is something that we need to focus on again during these days of Sirius Omer as we're counting the days from Yitzhiyah Mitzrayim, from the time that we ourselves felt like we left Mitzrayim, we left Egypt. And we're counting off the days leading up to Shavuot, to Kabbalah Torah, to when we receive the Torah. And we have to realize that we're taking ourselves out of this state of behemah, out of this level of being like an animal in a certain sense, of being connected to the physical world, being connected to Mitzrayim, to the Western culture. And we're raising ourselves up, slowly but surely, every day, one day at a time. We're raising ourselves till we get to that level of man, till we get to that level of shtei halechem, of bread, of, of that food that is given to a real man, a person who's connected to Hashem. There's one more question I'd like to ask you about this whole idea, and hopefully we'll come out with a nice thought. The question is like this. We said that on each of these holidays, Hashem gave us a special mitzvah, and that mitzvah gives us a schus, a merit, in order to have a good judgment on Pesach. We said that we bring this barley offering in order to have a good judgment on the, the crops of, for the following year. We said on Shavuos we bring these two loaves of bread in order to have a good judgment on the fruits of the trees. And we said on Sukkot we bring this water in order to have a good judgment on the rain. To me it almost seems a little bit naive to believe that if I bring Hashem a little bit of water, therefore Hashem is going to give me lots of water. Or if I bring Hashem some barley, therefore Hashem is going to give me lots of barley. What's going on here? What's the understanding of this? What's the depth over here? So I think that if we look at the Acts and we see what's exactly what's happening, we look at it very carefully, I think we can understand the depth. I think that we can really take home a message. What happens when a person takes a, a korban, takes a sacrifice and he places it on his bayach, on the altar? What is he doing and what's he saying? What does it represent? What is, what is communicated here? So for a moment I'd like to return to the first place in the Torah that we see that there's a korban brought. The verse says in Bratius in Genesis chapter 4, verse 3, He brings from the fruit of the ground an offering to Hashem. And then the next verse describes how Havel also he brings from his sheep, and Hashem listens to Hevel and he doesn't listen, he doesn't pay attention to Cain's offering. Now the question is, why didn't Hashem accept the offering of Cain? And why did Hashem accept the offering of Hevel? And to answer that, we have to understand what is the purpose of this offering. And the answer is, first of all, Cain, what did he bring? He didn't bring the best of his fruits. He brought, Rashi says, he brought very low quality fruits. Whereas Hevel, when he brought it, he brought the best, the best of the best. And the idea here is that when a person brings a korban, an offering to Hashem, he's showing a recognition that this thing comes from Hashem. When you bring something upon the altar, you're showing this thing comes from God. Now when Cain, he brought this thing, it wasn't such good stuff. He wasn't showing a recognition that the best things come from Hashem. He was showing that uh, this stuff comes from Hashem. Maybe it comes from my own efforts. But Hevel showed that even the best stuff comes from Hashem. I'm going to give an offering of the, my best stuff. 
Similarly, when a person would come and he would draw draw water and place it upon the mezbeach, upon the altar, he was showing that this water comes from Hashem. He was showing his gratitude, his recognition, that this is something that's from Hashem. When a person would bring the Korban HaOmer, this barley offering, he was showing, this is from Hashem. This is my thing. It's not me. I didn't do it. It's from Hashem. When he would bring the offering of the Shtei HaLechem, these two loaves of bread, he was showing that my bread comes from Hashem. Hashem specifically gave us these commandments to bring these things on each of these holidays in order to have a good judgment. Because the message here is that the way to a good judgment, the way for Hashem to judge us favorably, is by us showing gratitude for what we have. When we show that we are appreciating the fact that Hashem is the one who gave us the water, Hashem is the one who gives us the food, Hashem is the one who supplies us with everything that we need, then Hashem judges us for good, Hashem gives us, continues to give us. Now this is something that obviously is not just true between us and Hashem, but Lahadla is also true between us and our fellow man. Because when we do a favor for someone else, what is it that encourages us to do another favor, to continue to do that favor? When we receive gratitude, when someone expresses their gratitude and shows that they really appreciate what's been done for them, so then we, we want to continue to do things for them. In the past, you know, I remember where I helped people out with music and doing different things, and I never really received a proper appreciation. And when a person receives appreciation, it makes him continue to want to do it. He's not getting paid for it, but he still wants to continue to do it. And when a person doesn't receive appreciation, it makes it really difficult and really hard for him to continue to do that. I once wrote a very beautiful idea. My sister, sometimes she sends out a Divri Torah in an email, and she wrote that there's, you know, this guy came up to Shemaim, he came up to heaven, and he was looking around and he saw that there were all these different angels and they were all working very hard. And he saw there was one angel, he was working on bringing up all of the requests for assistance, so there were people asking for help, and this angel was bringing up all those requests to Hashem. And there was another angel who was bringing up all the requests for a fuah shalema, for, for health, for people to become, people who were sick, for people to get cured. And he was looking around, there was all these different angels doing all kinds of different jobs, everyone was very busy. And he comes to this room, and he sees that there's this angel there sitting behind the desk, and he's not so busy, he's just sitting around. Every once in a while, there'll be, there'll be some message that he has to bring up. And he says to this angel, what's, uh, what's, what's your job? Why are you so not busy? And the angel said, oh, my job is to bring up the gratitude to, to God. When I read this, it was very poignant, it was very on the mark. When you think about it, we're, we're always asking God, we're always saying, please give me this, please give me that. It's like Hashem is this dispensing machine, we're asking our parents for this and we're asking them for that. We're asking our friends for this, we're asking them for that. We need to stop and say thank you. We need to stop and remember that in order for Hashem to continue giving us blessings, we have to thank Him for the things that He's given us already. We have to thank Hashem, our eyes work, our ears work, our hands work, our intestines work, everything, all of our innards work, our feet, our toes, our fingers, every single detail of our body, we have to thank Hashem. We're healthy. Our brains work. My sister, exactly one week ago, her father-in-law had a hemorrhage in his brain. And he was found inside of his car. He hadn't been driving. But they found him. They did an emergency surgery on him. And Baruch Hashem, this week, he's making progress. He, he's able to move his hand. He's able to clap his hands together. He can't speak. He barely opens his eyes. But every little thing is amazing. And, every, and, they're, and they're, they're excited. The whole family's excited. Do we appreciate the fact that we can move our hands? Do we appreciate the fact that we can clap our hands together? This is what's getting them excited. We don't appreciate it till we lose it. We don't need to lose it in order to appreciate it. We can thank Hashem for what we have right now. When we thank Him for what we have right now, that's what gives us the blessings. That's what gives us that judgment for good to have continued blessings. Thank you so much for listening. Have a great Shabbos.